Welcome back to another edition of Lifestyles of Love with your girls, Chris and Vic. I'm Chris. I'm Vic. And tonight, we're here to talk about the curiosity of sobriety. Um, there's a lot that goes into this. So, we brought a friend. Our dear and loving pal, our love of Disney, all Disney. <laughs> uh, we have our girl Eve. Here she is. Hey, looking fabulous. Fabulosa. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for Thanks coming. For Thanks for coming again. She is a, uh, we'll call her a veteran now of the yes. lifestyles of love. <laughs> So, um, yes, we're here tonight to talk about the sober curious. So this is a new term um, to some of us, maybe to all of us. I was not familiar with this term, um, although I had been exhibiting this behavior. So um, we're going to get into that. Eve has recently become sober curious and sober in general for the moment so um what do you say you just hit you hit 100 days the other day but now you're on day 105 105 thank you so yes like what a little bit over three months right Mm -hmm. so that's awesome and um there's lots of reasons why you know everybody isn't necessarily an alcoholic everybody isn't necessarily out of control Mm -hmm. everybody isn't necessarily you know in a bad place so sometimes people just want to change their lives and be better people and uh so we're gonna get into it ladies how are you feeling we're feeling Feeling good. You've <laughs> got a date after this, so yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're gonna get into it. Um, so I had like a definition um, because a lot of people are like, "What?" Like, I, I think the word "sober" yeah. is very um, sobering, and people aren't sure. It just sounds very like matter of fact and serious, mm-hmm. and like. Mm-hmm you know, like something's wrong and there's an alarm bell going off or something. So um, what's your definition, Eve? Um, Okay. I would say my definition on it is just understanding a little bit better your relationship towards substances, Um, Mm -hmm. whether that means you make a decision to go cold turkey and say, okay, like that's it. Or maybe that means that, for example, with drinking, you'll have one night a month that you decide to drink if you're drinking, you know, more on the daily. So just figuring out um, more of what a relationship with alcohol looks like or what your goals are in life. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. that. Vic, had you you ever heard of this um, or what did you think it was? I had not heard of sober curiosity i had never i really did not know that this was a thing so what did you think what did you think it was when you heard it um like i'm i guess i'm thinking about being sober Mm -hmm. yeah right um so the definition i found was um from verywellmind.com you know, I'm uh, I'm pursuing journalism, so I have to cite everything. You know, no plagiarism yeah. out here. <laughs> so, uh, according to them, it says um, it means literally to choose to question or get curious about every impulse, invitation, and expectation to drink, or to change your drinking habits for a health focused or for health focused reasons like mentally or physically, um, versus mindlessly going along with the dominant drinking culture, which we live in. Exactly. Okay. So it's not necessarily about being fully sober. um, But for some people, you know, alcoholics, this is not, this is not what we're talking about. Like people who have alcoholism and who have actual addictions and, and issues like that, being sober curious for them 
isn't really an option. They need to be sober. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. But this is an this is an alternative to being a health conscious person or just being a generally healthy person, but you drink regularly yeah. to right. as a cultural kind of thing. Because when I started thinking about this, I was like, when did I start drinking? And like on the regular. Well, okay. The beginning the regular, of it, the beginning of it ever yeah. was in high school. When was it for you guys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. High school. That was, that was kind of, that's I, kind of the culmination, right? Well, I guess my very first drink, I was a child, but <laughs> I was uh, too. My very first drink, I was. Yes. I, yeah. Like yes. for sure. Mm. Me beer. My parents were pissed. And uh, we were at that that person's house. They gave me beer. I was mm. like maybe five or something like that. My parents were very upset. But anyway, so uh, I go to lay down in this person's bed. And apparently, like, I pissed all in the bed. And my parents said, that's what you get to them. You know, giving her <laughs> fucking beer. That's what your ass get. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. What was yours, Eve? Right. Um, I just feel like as a kid I would just just, like I remember drinking like if my mom had like a glass of wine I just remember always wanting to like feel like I wanted to be an adult Mm. so I would just pretend like wine tasted good even though at that age it did not taste good I'd be like oh yes I'll have more wine yeah can I have a half glass of the wine so I think subconsciously as a child, I wanted, I related wine, for example, as like, oh, it's what the adults do. This is like mm-hmm. the norm. This is what I should be doing. So I did, I started drinking at a young age of just like sipping, sipping, sipping. And then once I got to high school, then I got into a lot of drinks. Then it became oh, yeah. to the window, right. to the wall, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's yeah. Exactly. In high school, I got into uh, Daddy's liquor cabinet. So wow. <laughs> See, I was not doing <laughs> that. Wow. Oh yeah. yeah. He didn't really drink. He did not. Yeah, drink. my parents didn't drink. So, there was liquor there. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So my no, parents no. drank. Okay. And okay, we yeah. had in our basement an entire bar, like oh, actually shit. like a like a bar, like stools. Oh the drinks, everything. And oh, yeah. I wanted to be so cool, so badly that I hosted. So grown, girl. You trying to be grown. I was trying to be grown. So I hosted <laughs> all of these parties in high school where I mean, not just like 10 people show up, like 100 people, like like a rager, like, like oh, not wow. okay. They were having those yeah. parties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kegs in the home. Like, oh, like the ones we see in the movies. You have those. Exactly okay. what you see in the movies is Can't what I wait. did. Okay. 100% is exactly, exactly nice. what I did. So then, I don't know, these guys, I guess, drank my mom's gray goose. Mm. And then filled it with water. Not the gray goose. I don't know. gray goose. She obviously knew it was water, and that was it. They like got this huge big bin and locked it up. And she's like, "This is the worst martini I've ever made." Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I've done that before. Damn! Wow. Except I got caught putting the water in the bottle. Oh yeah, I had no idea that happened. And when my mom said, "Eve." Why is there water in the gray goose? I said, oh, I got caught. I don't know. I don't like vodka. I like brown. Like, right. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know what that is. Wow. Right. Um, no, okay. Yeah, I, would to, um, I would go to the store. I would go to Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. And I would just get like an orange juice. And then I would pour half of it out. Not knowing shit about shit. Because now we all know that you pour the alcohol first. And then right, like, oh, right, right, yeah, no. So I'd pour half of it out, and then I'd usually put it because my dad, when he did drink, he liked Crown, but there was a bottle of Tangeray, which I thought it tastes like fucking wood, but I didn't give a shit. I couldn't go buy alcohol, so I'm gonna drink that shit. And so I bring my little <laughs> Minute Maid <laughs> orange juice and Tangeray with me to the parties. God, anyway. So what was mine? <laughs> the first first time ever was yeah. Uh, it was after school. 
with a person who shall remain nameless at this time. And he poured E&J brandy into into purple Gatorade. And he shook that shit up and we were just drinking it. And I remember, I remember, I remember when the buzz set in and I was like, oh my God, like, I just felt like so amazing. I felt, I felt free. I felt light. I felt like, I felt like life mattered, you know? And so, sorry, I have to keep putting this on and off because. Did you get drunk or you just had a buzz? Security. Well, I was, I was buzzing. Okay. But but this is the first time. So yeah, this is the first time ever. So I didn't realize it. The first time I got drunk was with our friend, Paul Johnson. And I'm gonna call his name out because that's that's (laughs) what I do. And this motherfucker told me, he was like, I have the surefire method with no hangover. He's like. White Bacardi rum with pickle spears as a back. And we was drinking that shit all night long. And vomit. Just vomit. Disgusting. 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 Yeah. And my parents, my parents, they when the next morning they they were just laughing at me. They were like, Oh yeah. That's what y'all had some good times, huh? Yeah. So that was those were my first experiences. And I threw up, uh, I was at a party and the police came and that's when I threw up, right? Right in that moment? Damn. With the fucking police. Yep. Oh my gosh. My first time I ever- the fucking beaker. Sorry. Oh my God. My first time I ever got drunk, I was with my friend. I'll never forget it. And I said to her, I want to get drunk (laughs) because I had never experienced it yet. Right. And I've seen other people get drunk. So I was like, what is this all about? Like, I want to know, like, what it is. So we went into her dad's liquor cabinet. We got Jamaican rum. She poured a whole thing into just a cup like this, poured some sugar in it, <laughs> had a straw, and I had to just drink. And she would sing the ABCs, and I had to keep chugging until we hit Z. And then repeat, repeat, repeat. Oh, my God, that is cruel. That's cruel. It was one like alcohol poisoning. And I did. I, I'm very certain of it that I had alcohol poisoning. I don't remember any of it. Oh I threw God. up everywhere. She said like I was like barely breathing. Like it was like a situation. Yeah. And yeah. that was my first um experience. That was your first very experience. Drunk. Okay, so see see, we all had these different experiences, right? That were all terrible. But why did yeah. it why did we keep like how come that wasn't enough? Right. It's because of the culture, um, right? Well, I think there's a big part that I believe is with the subconscious. And when you're growing up and you're seeing whether it's parents or their parents, friends or whoever, when you're seeing over and over again at dinner parties that adults are drinking, then I feel, I mean, that subconsciously you're saying oh, it's good to do that. Oh, I'm going to relate that drinking has to be what you do to have fun. And then on top of that, as a kid growing up, as a young child, you're still seeing the television with, you know, commercials and whatnot um, involving drinking to have fun. So if you have a bad situation, I think you're just like, well, that was a one-time thing. The next time will be more fun. No, I definitely, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, because especially too, like once you start working at a young age, I think that mm-hmm. you, I don't know why, I don't know why we wanted to be grown so fast. Mm. So fast. Yeah, you because know, I would love to go back, like fucking definitely, <laughs> you know, but I absolutely agree with you. And plus it's like, you know, once we start working, even if we're like 16, 17, 18, and we're maybe paying some bills, we're like, well, shit, now you're like, you're in the working world and this is what people, you know, mm-hmm. work do to unwind. They drink, they may, you know, smoke or, you know, whatever. Because um, I feel like growing up, though, that I knew more people who smoked than who drank. So, mine was very even. It was, it was both. <laughs> That's just that I know of because, like, when we were, at, when we were at school, we would have um, something across the street from the school called the Smoker's Pit. And so a lot of people mm-hmm. would have their smoke. But not really do they have like an old, but right over here is the bar. Like, no. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess that's why I felt like I was kind of more exposed to that. And that wasn't my thing, um, smoking. So no. but when it was the parties, then that's when you would really, you know, see people 
Right. And I felt it was interesting in high school too, because I felt like you almost, at least where I went to school, I felt like I had to drink to get drunk to feel like I was cool. Like, and everyone was, mm, cool. yes. you know, you're playing like beer pong and flip cup and taking shots. And it's like, your goal is not to have one drink at a high school party. Your goal right. is to drink to get drunk. And mm -hmm. then from there, I mean, I'll just speak on my experience. I went off to college, which it was a party school, and it was the same culture, drinking to get drunk and keg stands. And I mean, it was just like next level that I felt drinking was completely like hand in hand with being cool, so to speak. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I think that <laughs> my body has never really agreed with alcohol and i think that it took me a very long time to come to terms with that mm -hmm. um and so i think like when i drink a little bit like it doesn't really take you know much and i've been drinking for like you know a long time but um i mean for like years right uh i've just feel so sick but i didn't care because i just thought you know well i'm young you know it's okay <laughs> it's totally okay uh now not you know not so much no definitely yeah. not so fucking much um yeah so basically apparently sorry apparently we are the um the we're generation sober um that's what millennials and zillennials have been called because you know like yoga and therapy and mindfulness and wellness mm. and things have meditation you know have like cultivated our generations and we kind of live by these methods and things much more than our parents or grandparents um so apparently that's a breeding ground for these um these sober bars and sober restaurants that are like mocktails only um oh really you know yeah like uh champagne that's non-alcoholic wine that's non-alcoholic um you know kombucha all kinds of kombucha because kombucha is like the substitute for a lot of like vegan people who don't drink or can't drink like they can't process okay. uh mm -hmm. wine or beer or whatever um so that's happening that's very interesting because yeah i feel like when you go out to eat majority of the money goes to the alcohol like you spend more My money on alcohol so much less it's insane <laughs> i'll go out to eat i'm like hold up that's that's it that's all it's gonna cost right because like we dinner might be like four dollars to that at least at right minimum. oh my god and then being out here, like uh, I'm in Louisiana now, and alcohol is way fucking cheaper here. It's way cheaper. And so, like, I remember I used to drink Hennessy. Oh, I graduated. Uh, I used to drink Hennessy. Hennessy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Girl, yes, I used to drink that Hennessy. And so I remember one time I came out here, this was probably like 10 years ago, I was out on uh, Bourbon Street, and there was this bar where they had like test tube shots, and everything was $3, including Hennessy. And where I come from, Hennessy's like twenty dollars a shot. Oh my, okay, right. it's fucking, it's up. Like, it's right. up. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Right, so I, that, that's very interesting. I wonder how the restaurants are. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I One thing that's helped me, especially because I started my alcohol-free journey um, throughout the holidays, I was doing it, which is a okay. time where right, the alcohol holidays is just goes together um so i started getting really into mocktails i didn't find that mocktails for me a lot of people can't do mocktails for me it didn't feel like a trigger because i just wanted the social component of like feeling like i was drinking with people not just water because water is boring if you're like at a party or something water sucks. you know it's like I want to still go out and enjoy something that's tasty. Girl, you better get you a water at a restaurant, throw you some crystal light in there or something. You'll be yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so I, I found, um, I have like a bunch of just like non-alcoholic spirits and it's like made with just, I don't know, different spices or something, but they have okay. everything now. You can make like a non-alcoholic martini. Like it's not a martini where okay. you're actually using vodka, but they have things that will, have the same type of taste 
and you put it in a glass that's fancy and you're good to go hangover free. It's amazing. That's the thing. That is the thing. See, like, even like I was saying, um, back in the day, I feel like my body has never really agreed with alcohol. Um, I don't know if I there's something that maybe I should have gotten that tested or something. You know? I mean, um, most people can't agree with alcohol. It's essentially ethanol that you're I mean, drinking. Right, right. But <laughs> now that we're older, of course, the hangovers are just so oh. different. Yeah. You know, I used to be able to pull an all-nighter. You could go to work. You could go to school. The Jeez. things that I got away with in my 20s. Right. Like, I mean, and they're not that far behind. So I know. <laughs> Where did it all go? What happened? But shit, even then, I would, uh, I mean, I always kind of, I feel like made an ass out of myself with alcohol, but I guess I just didn't care. That was the thing. But I think for me, I right. hit rock bottom um, when I was grieving. I was grieving the loss of my brother. And that's when I hit rock fucking bottom, like with alcohol. I mean, I would never go to work drunk or anything like right. that. I wouldn't go to school drunk or anything, but that's when, um, you know, my, my issue really, really started. And it took me a really long time to get over that. I mean, he's been gone for like, what, almost six and a half years. So I very recently, um, I wouldn't say I'm, I just, I definitely don't drink as much as I used to like by far. And I feel so much better and my pockets are heavier. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's the so, thing, like what Crystal was saying with Sober Curious of like understanding why we drink. Um, mm -hmm. That was a big thing for my journey is to like sit with the emotions of am I numbing something because I'm hurt, sad, mm -hmm. angry, yeah. trying to fit in. Like what is the reason that I am drinking? Mm -hmm. And what did you come up with? Like, I realized that I was drinking a lot to numb a lot of my insecurities. Okay. Um, I was bullied really badly as a kid, like terrible bullied, had to go to a different um, middle school after elementary school because it was so bad. Oh, and wow. yeah, it was, I mean, if that type of bullying happened in today's world, like it just, it, it wouldn't have gone to that level because it was that severe. Um, so because of that bullying, I, you know, I still have those, those triggers. Am I enough? Or like, how do I fit in? I just want to be accepted. So if I mm -hmm. went to go out and I'm drinking with no off switch, I realized after now 105 days and continuing this journey, I'm going to continue to realize a lot more. But what I've realized mm -hmm. so far is that I was drinking because of those insecurities that I got from my childhood that just kept carrying all the way. Mm. And if anything upset me, I would say, all right, I want some wine. Why? Because I was just trying to numb the feeling instead of to sit with the feeling. Or when right. I was dating, I had the insecurities. Am I pretty enough, smart enough? Am I just enough? And yeah. then I would just drink to lower those inhibitions, feel mm -hmm. a sense of confidence, feel like this empowerment that wasn't even real. It was, you know, right. wasn't real. It was just, it felt real at the time, but it wasn't yeah. real. It's um, a mask. Yeah. It's a mask. Yeah. So that's why I really was drinking to numb. Everything. That makes a lot of sense because you were relating alcohol to being cool and if you felt like you know you weren't enough yeah no mm -hmm. which is how shitty I, yeah it's just i look at it and um i look at how every single part of life so far has led to becoming um more and more dependent on alcohol especially once the pandemic hit and there was Ooh. you know nothing else to do and just the chaos of it and the uncertainty and the stress it was mm -hmm. alcohol was there alcohol was there for me at the time yeah so yeah mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's i was gonna say there's a lot of especially being american there's a lot of our mm -hmm. culture that is built around drinking and so it's very easy to 
I don't know, as, as we were saying, as a child or as an adult who doesn't necessarily get a whole lot out of drinking, like if you just think about it, like tailgating, weddings, funerals, happy hours, okay. network, networking events. I mean, like we celebrate the highest highs and the lowest lows of life with champagne, wine, beer, cocktails, whatever. So, and it's not just American culture, obviously European culture. I was going to say, like when I worked in an Italian yeah. restaurant in New York, kid, European children, when they would eat Italian food with their parents, right. would happily and easily just grab their parents wine and just take a sip as they were eating and it wasn't a thing because that's also a thing about american you know children and american culture is that alcohol is it, it is so forbidden that mm -hmm. for for americans you're not supposed to drink till you're 21 where everywhere else in the world it's 18 right and america decides that it's 21 and they don't they they don't try to in, like inflict it on their children like they try to keep it away from their children but obviously it's like we all watch our parents drink from the time that right you know, i don't know we can remember yeah and uh so it it's like a rite of passage or something and we all started mm -hmm. we talked about when we started drinking it was way before 21 so right we start these habits really early of just kind of numbing our feelings. And like Eve was saying, the bullying that's happening, you're feeling much better after you've had a shot of Smirnoff ice than before oh you did. Smirnoff fucking ice. Oh my God. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that, was the, that was that girl um, back in the day. Yeah. Smirnoff. Um, I remember going on a cruise with my family and I was either 16 or 17 and yeah once you hit international waters the drinking age was it was 18 right. well I wasn't even 18 yet but motherfuckers were buying me alcohol I mean I never mm -hmm. I'm on a boat you know I never got carded or anything like that and I was definitely drinking you know because because it's like what Crystal was saying it's so it's this forbidden thing and it's very similar to like sex you yep. know mm -hmm. when you don't educate children because even though i was 16 like i mean i'm sorry i'm still a child so um yeah when you don't when you make something so forbidden we are when we get our hands on it you know what i mean like we're going to right. you know we're gonna go nuts because it's like why why can't i have this why not why not you're doing it you know whatever this person's doing it and this and that um i mean yeah we, you know if, if everybody was jumping off of a bridge you know when i do it no but <laughs> I think that's why, especially um, in America, and I'm, I'm no expert on this, but I just feel that, especially in this country, the binge drinking is so extreme versus so other extreme. countries. Spring break. Because other countries like, oh, okay, like I'll have a drink. But here it's like, I'm not allowed to have a drink. I'm going to have as many as I can exactly. right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why you see like, you know, the freshmen in college who are 19 and they're not allowed to have a drink yet in America or the high school students who are just like getting blackout drunk over and over again. Um, I think it is because it is like you're not allowed to do it. So, OK, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. And, and even so. on the ship, Eve, I mean, we're not allowed oh to do God. anything except drink. And so on that ship, you're like. You're so isolated from everybody. What is, on that ship, <laughs> on that ship, let me tell you, there is the most drinking that goes on if you are on a ship. If you work on the ship, that's pretty much the only thing you have to blow it out at the end of the day. There's nothing else. I mean, a lot of us were on there Literally, reading books, definitely. and that was a that was an outlet, and like watching Disney movies all day or Disney shows, but. <laughs> The drinking was, it was hardcore. And because you're on a boat, one drink equals two drinks. So when you have right, four drinks. Like, what do they call it? I forget if you, you, you do, you get drunk way faster on a ship. That is true. And it's like, it's so interesting, right? Crystal, the culture of working on a ship with drinking, because at the crew bar, if you have like a double vodka soda, it's $2.25. And I think yes. like a was like 25 cents. Like mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so shots for everybody. It's on me. It's going to cost me maybe $4. Like, I got you. Yep. And then there's yeah. these cabin parties where, like, everyone's just bringing, like, bottles and bottles and mm-hmm. bottles of wine. Like, I would easily have a bottle of wine to myself, like, yeah, and they had Almost wine nights, day. and and then you go on the what? islands, and you're in the most beautiful islands in the world, and there's these bars, and it's like nobody's you're stopping you. More, more, more. And, and then, then everybody, everybody goes. Yeah, then everybody on the boat is beautiful because you know they're foreign too, so right. you're just so intrigued. And because uh, we were on a boat, um, so we went on one of those Disney ships, and. Mm. Um, with a main character. So then we were privy to the crew bar, you know, and it, and again, the drinks are so fucking cheap. So you're like, so cheap. hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause at one point when they let me, uh, somehow I got a bottle of white Hennessy or Hennessy white, whatever onto the ship. Shit. I wasn't paying for no more fucking alcohol. Yep. But those crew bars. I mean, I think too, like, have you guys ever watched Disney movies while drinking? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been there before yeah. many times. <laughs> I mean, you're around all those fucking kids and yeah. you know, all these things. You're like, fuck, I'm going to get fucking plastered. <laughs> I would actually right. say that Disney, when we worked on the ship, I would say that's when I learned how at times to become like a functional drunk mm-hmm. because you have to go down the I-95, which the I-95, it's like this alley underneath mm-hmm. the ship where like the crew lives and everything. But I you remember. Actually, be drunk. You weren't allowed to be drunk, but yet mm-hmm. at the crew bar, they're like, "Here's more. Here's more drinks. Here's more drinks." So you had to like, literally, for your job, make sure you got from the crew bar to your cabin without an officer being like, "Are you drunk?" So I mm. think because of that experience, I was like, it taught me how to be able to like really be functional, Truly. even if I was drunk. Yeah, because we watch people yeah. get fired like straight up fired all the time all the um, time and stumble onto the ship you know and so yeah you're right that was a that was a good lesson in learning how to be functionally drunk and and because of the night before at the crew bar and we had to wake up the earliest of everybody besides maybe the people who are you know manning the ship and uh and entertain these people at seven o'clock in the morning I don't know what she's gonna say, but what I will poor say, Crystal. I know, poor Crystal. You, we would have to wake up so early, and even if you were hungover, you just had to like pretend like everything was fine. And perform. I mean, nobody saw your face, so you were fine inside the. But we were not fine. How, there. how hard was that? Oh my gosh! Like honestly, like even now. <sighs> I don't I just, know how we did it. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how nobody yeah, threw up in their, in their head. I don't know. I, I don't know how we did it. Like I think about that now. But think I about it. It's like you're. It's like it, we I go into. In your twenties. That's what it is. That's what you're talking about, Eve. It's like you, your brain goes into this. It goes to this place where it can't be. It can't be touched because you're. Yeah. You got a, You got a job to do, and you got to fucking do it. And you know you're drunk, but it's almost like when you do the thing. You're not drunk while you're doing it. Like you don't feel drunk. You feel sober. Clearly, you are, and it's, to yourself. It's so interesting. You know. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> the years that I would say I learned very well how how to be a functional drunk and wake up the next day crazy hungover and like still get whatever I needed to do totally done crush the job like nobody would know that like you go girl before I was out till four in the morning no one would know because fuck no you know I lied I did go to work one time hung over years ago um a bunch of us were we went out for like some bridal shower or something like a bunch of people I worked mm-hmm. with in the morning we worked nights so we went in the morning and um that's the thing about fuck you know living in somewhere like Vegas and now I'm in New Orleans where they literally have fucking hurricane parties Oh my god! Like hurricanes come in, everybody's at the liquor store, stocking the fuck up, and they're fucking drinking right. at home. Like, yes, it's a thing. So these party cities, and um, so we go to a buffet at fucking eight mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, where you can get crab legs, like everything at eight in the morning. The bar, there's a bar inside the fucking buffet, like it's a wrap. So we're on there getting fucking shit faced. Everybody called in, but my dumbass. I go to oh. work. I, don't, I had I was going to the bathroom. I don't know. 
every fucking like half an hour to an hour or something to throw the fuck up. Stupid oh. ass. Stupid ass. <laughs> but yeah, and you drink again. A few, a oh little yeah, bit but I mean, like, why would I do that shit knowing I had to fucking work that night? Why the fuck didn't I call in, you dumb bitch? But, <laughs> but you know, just looking back, I mean, I had fun. God, as ridiculous really as that shit was. But now I'm like, I could never pull no shit like that off today. Like, if I'm drunk or hungover, you're gonna fucking know. And I'm gonna look like shit. I'm gonna, yeah, you know. And I would yeah. never. Now I'm like, I have shit to lose. So I can't even operate like that. But. It was fun when it lasted. Yeah. So, Eve, tell us about the detrimental, you know, to our health things that you have discovered. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say that um, I never hit, like, a stereotypical rock bottom, meaning I never lost my job because of drinking. Mm -hmm. I wasn't drinking every day. Um, I didn't ruin like a serious relationship or nothing like that happened to me. Um, Get a DUI. I never, no, nothing like that. I, I think there were times in my life that I've gotten very lucky in life, throughout life, where I could have put myself in a dangerous situation, unsafe, um, I got lucky sometimes, but the biggest thing that I realized was that my drinking wasn't improving my life. It was just giving me, like I would wake up from a hangover after a crazy drinking night with so much, it's real, anxiety. Like, what did I say? What did I do last night? I would get depressed. I would, I would say, why, why did I black out last night? Like, I'm 35 years old and I'm doing well in my career and this, this and that. Like, what am I doing? And then it would happen again. And then it would happen again. Am I drinking? I would drink to get drunk with no off switch. And I would have a great time. And most of the times, nothing bad happened. Um, but that when you wake up and you just feel absolutely terrible. Um, I just got to a point where that's not the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing that it was only getting worse, which is what happens with alcohol. It only gets worse. Um, so then I read a book called The Naked Mind, which... Okay. I highly recommend everyone sh- it, like in the world should should read this book. Like her name is Annie Grace who wrote this book and it just tells you more about the science of the negative effects of alcohol both physically and mentally. But wow, when I started really opening my eyes to this of what it does to your dopamine levels, mm-hmm. um, what it does to your skin, what it does to your liver what it Mm -hmm. how much of an increase it it creates in chances of certain types of cancer um just everything like your energy what it does to your sleep like there are it is terrible for your health like beyond 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 terrible you are you are i already said it earlier today but you are actually ethanol which is what you fill your car up with with gas, ethanol. It's the same thing. They strip it. They make it taste better with sugar and so forth. That's what you're putting in your system. And uh, the biggest, two biggest things that really blew my mind. One, when you're a kid drinking a glass of wine, trying to be cool, whether it's your mom's or your dad's, you know, that sip of that, most kids, they drink that glass of wine and they say, ugh. They don't say yum. It's because your body knows it's toxic and your body is like, no, don't keep drinking that. That's not full. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that I was like, wow. The second thing that was interesting to me is what an amazing job the alcohol industry does on their marketing because oh, they're all yeah. trying to get money. So yeah. the whole wine pairing thing straight up is a scam completely because alcohol is it's it's an anesthetic so it literally your taste buds are numbed so you can't possibly enjoy food the taste of food better because it's paired with the wine 
Mm. It's numbing your taste. It doesn't make sense. What makes sense is that the wine companies are like, oh, that Cabernet is going to pair great with this because mm -hmm. of da, 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 da. so you buy this expensive bottle of wine and then you buy the wine for it in the, you know, this and that, whatever. It's a whole industry. It's all about money. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. crazy. I was like, wow. Yeah, I, I saw... think that, um, sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was just saying, I saw, I saw heart disease, liver disease, immune system dysfunction, and cancer. Yeah, uh, liver especially. But there's something that you can develop. It's called like wet brain. Um, and it has to do with the uh, deficiency of vitamin B1, which is thiamine. And, um, you know, you can develop, you know, like psychosis and loss of muscle coordination and things. And I think that. I think with like substances, I think that it is hard for people because if you call, you know, if you say, I think we use the word addict loosely, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and people yeah. always, I mean, of course, people want to feel like they're in control of themselves and of their lives. And I think people have a hard time admitting because it took me a long time to admit that, no, I'm not an addict, um, but I do have, you know, some form of a dependency, you know, going through my grief. Um, with alcohol and I, I would feel like at times like even like in my head I'm like I just would feel so off and I'm like no this is you know I don't have kids yet so I want to be able to have a baby like right. you know uh, what what am I doing to myself what am I doing to my loved ones you know I know there were times when because I'm a I'm an emotional drunk and then very quickly can turn into a mean drunk and you know I'm hurting people that I really don't want to but I'm just in so much pain you know what I mean? Like, I just, I need, to, you know, I'm thinking I'm making myself feel better by being, right. by getting drunk, but I'm not, you know? So mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, it's physical, it's mental. You can really push people away and people, you know, they may understand what you're going through, but you, when you push people to a certain place and a limit, like they don't have to forgive you. Right. Know? Which could probably send somebody more in, into a depression and an alcohol, you know, binge, you know? also mm -hmm. so we have to be honest with ourselves i mean the scare one of the scariest things for me was what is it doing to my brain because right. i was drinking to get drunk which led to way too many blackouts i would Same. black out a lot and a big problem was that a lot of times when i was partying people wouldn't even know i was blackout drunk they wouldn't even know. I would. They would know I was obviously drunk, but it's fine. She can go home, and I would wake up. How did I get home? Mm. Yeah, and what a blackout is doing. It's literally having your brain. Your brain is is not able to form a memory. That's a blackout. That to me, your brain is not able to form a memory. No, thank you. I want to be present in life. I want to remember life. I want if I go out, I mm -hmm. want to go out with people I'm having such a great time with that I don't need the alcohol. Because if I'm if I'm going to this was a, a big thing for me too. If I'm going somewhere where I feel I need to drink to have fun, that is probably not such a fun thing for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Understood. And there's something about alcohol think, that's happening like in our body that's like it's giving us some sense of comfort. Um, I think that what happens though too is like, if you get too wild or something, you can just always go back and blame it, you know, you know, on the alcohol right. because that would be me. Like whenever I went out to like the club, I feel like I don't have rhythm. So I wouldn't care right. like once I reached a certain level with the alcohol. Cause I'm like, okay, if I look stupid, I can just blame it on alcohol. Right. Or you just, you know, your inhibition is just to the wind. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You were saying Chris? I was just saying there's a sense of comfort, unfortunately. Yeah. False sense. Absolutely. Um, a very false sense. And then what it does to your decision-making Oh, oh yes, because I feel you on the blackouts, done that, said things that I normally would, I may have thought, but right. I said inhibitions to the wind, so I'm getting a little too loose-lipped, mm -hmm. um, but those damn decisions that you made. The decisions. Like, I will say, 105 days, I can tell you 
that every decision I have made was a conscious decision that I decided to make. Mm -hmm. And every single night that I went to sleep, even if I went out or whatever, every night I went to sleep, I remembered the entire night and every morning I'd wake up, I knew I would wake up without a hangover, feeling good, feeling energized, ready to go on with my day. I mean, to be able to have that every day has, it feels good. Empowering. It, it feels so empowering. And it took me a while. Like, I'm still working through it. There are yeah. days. There are days that I'm like, oh, I just want a drink. Like, I just want one. Mm -hmm. But then I have to really sit with, like, why do I want that drink so badly right now? Like, what is the reason? Am I upset? Am I bored? Do I feel lonely? Do I not feel comfortable with who I'm going out uh, to dinner with? Mm -hmm. like, you know, why do I really want that drink? And when I can, like, uh, I've been journaling quite a lot. And when I journal it mm -hmm. through... It gives me the feedback I need to understand exactly why I want to drink. And then from there, okay, is it really worth it? And I fast forward that tape and I think about if I drink right now, knowing I don't have an off switch, knowing that I want to drink because I am obviously triggered. Well, what is that going to look like for me at the end of the night when I start making bad decisions as I'm black and drunk? And what's that going to look like for me tomorrow when I have a terrible hangover, feeling miserable, feeling a sense of shame, guilt, depressed? Yes, yes. That's not worth it. So I, I play the tape forward, and that um, has been helpful. But then also, too, like you're saying, a shot literally takes like a second, right? You're journaling and really processing your emotions and doing work. Like that takes so much longer. It'd be so much easier to just give in to one shot, which is going to turn into two and yeah. maybe three, four, five shit. You know what I mean? So it's really, it's really work. And it is something that you have to get a hold of because what's going to happen is, like I said, like for me, like I get loose lips and, you know, uh, probably do things that I wouldn't normally do. And so then it starts to control you. Mm -hmm. you know? It sure does. It sure does. Congratulations. Congratulations. Making alcohol your bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been so, but, so since you have stopped drinking, do you feel like you have picked up um, another habit of some sort or another vice? Or do you, are you doing something else more than you used to? Um, I started coloring. <laughs> I've gotten very good at coloring books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, coloring and writing. I've got I've fallen in love with writing, which I always enjoyed writing. Um, but I really have loved writing everything down. Um, so I take about like I don't know forty five minutes to just do some free writing every night, which I've loved. Okay. But all of my like habits now are very mindful. It's no bad vices in instead okay. of. Um, I, intentional. yeah, it's very intentional. Like I have always loved to work out, but now it's like, okay, I can work out on Sundays because I'm not hungover. Um, so I've just found that I'm doing more things that are bringing me like true actual happiness and a feeling of just being content. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. It's all very um, psychological, yeah, philo okay. philosophical. Yeah. It's a soul search. A true soul search. And I mean, it what are you really feeling is. like, Eve? You feel like you're never going to drink again? Or you, you feel like there's going to be special occasions? Do you feel like, <sighs> how do you feel? Right now, anyway. I get that. Yeah, that's the biggest question I get all the time. Um, I don't like to say that I'm never going to drink again because that is overwhelming for me to say and intimidates me a lot to be like, I'm just never going to drink again. Mm -hmm. And I would be lying if I said I don't miss drinking. I miss drinking often. Like there are times that I'm like, I just want to take a shot or like, let's get like crazy. Let's have mm -hmm. some fun. Um and Crystal, you've seen me out, so you know. Um, yeah. Like, there's times I just want to, like, have a really expensive bottle of wine at dinner with and share it with a friend, you know? 
there's times that, you know, if it's a sports event, like I would want to yeah. have like the beer with the wings or like if I'm at a wedding, I want to be able to toast with the champagne. If I'm networking at a happy hour, I want to have like my martini. Um, right. If I'm flying, because I fly all the time, if I'm flying first class, I want my Bloody Mary. If I'm I want to go to the um, bottomless boozy brunch and have endless amounts of mimosas. (laughs) So I miss alcohol Mm -hmm. so much. But because I know what it's doing physically and mentally to my body, which is not doing good at all, I now know that it would be a quick fix. And I know that the next day it wouldn't be worth it for me. So for right now, I'll say, I'm not drinking ever again. However, if you ask me tomorrow and my decision changes, it's part of the journey. I mean, a lot of people don't even say that. A lot of people are just like, I'm not drinking right now. Yeah. That's just what it is. And mostly so that people don't worry if they do see you drink or, um, right. Like I don't want people to worry if like, you know, a year down the line, I'm like, you know what? I actually now feel Like, I want to have two drinks at dinner, and that's my limit. I can stick with that. Who knows? Maybe that's, like, where my journey leads. For today, it's not. I know that. I know for today, um, I have way too much growth and soul-searching and healing to do until I'm there. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to ever put a label to myself. I want this to be a journey that is for me. It's no one else's journey. It's my journey. Um... And I don't know what the future looks like. I just know that what I can always live by is one day at a time. That's it. That's all we can all do. Yeah. How can I make today the best day ever? Mm -hmm. Yes. And there are, you know, if you are questioning it, there are resources out there. Do you have any resources, Eve, that you can think of Um, off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean... I will, I do want to say that when I first started in this journey, I felt like there was a lot of shame. I mm-hmm. felt there was a lot of shame to, um, to admitting that I have, you know, an alcohol use disorder where I had, you know, dr- I would drink to get drunk. Um, and there should not be any shame, but that's just from the stigma of society. So Mm -hmm. if you are thinking about being sober curious, like power to you, you're, you're really thinking about just ways that you can continue to elevate your life to be that best version of yourself. And that's something to be proud to investigate. Um, Again, that book, The Naked Mind, read it. It's amazing. The Naked Mind, Control Um, Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, Change Your Life. Yeah. That's by Annie Grace. Yeah, and she actually has a 30-day um, experiment book as well that kind of guides you through journaling of how to do it for 30 days. And I would say try it for 30 days and really be mindful of how you feel from it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Facebook groups. There are a lot of Instagram accounts. Um, and all you have to do is like hashtag sober curious. Um, and you'll find a ton, a ton, of ton of resources that way. Um, there's, there's lots and lots and lots of sources, whether it's therapy, um, recovery centers, AA, there's so many sources to help. And the biggest thing is there's no shame to ask for help. Definitely not. And just like always as a, you know, a reminder when you're on a journey that, you know, sometimes we stumble off the path a little bit. And I mean, that's okay. You know, as long as you get back, get back on, you know, the path, yeah. get back on the journey yeah. with pride. Yeah. And the also, human. there's not one way to, you know, I found that for my journey, my therapist has been like my guiding light in this journey and has been like the key person in my life to keep me going one day at a time. Um, so it's just finding what's right for you. Versus what, like, you should do. There is no should in this. It's your journey. Just do what yeah. feels right and follow that intuition of it. Good advice. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, 
I feel like there's more to this. Um, I wanted to eventually, Eve, I don't, you haven't, you haven't met my friend Evan, who um, is a true addict, alcoholic, ball, like hardcore. Um, and he has been sober for three years. And he lives in New York City, which is one of, the, I believe, one of the hardest places to be sober. Um, and uh, I think we should have a, a, we should bring the discussion together because he's dating, you're dating. That was the part we were going to get to eventually yeah. was the dating sober or sober dating um, because that's, huh, that's got to be hard. I actually just stopped seeing a guy that was sober and... Um, it wasn't because he was over. I'll just say that, but it was a different experience. So we'll get into that mm -hmm. another day. Yeah. Cause I'm sure a lot about that subject. Which I'm I was gonna say, yeah. I'm sure there's a, a lot. lot and he's got a lot because he's a gay man in New York city dating mm -hmm. sober. And, um, and his, his reasoning is so kind of horrifying when you hear it at first, you know, when you just kind of don't know. So right. it's hard, it's hard for him to like open up about it because it's, it's kind of embarrassing okay. and humiliating. Um, but he embraces it. So shout out to Evan and, um, shout out to you, Eve. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's all going to work out. I think it's, it's I think it's only helping you be even better and even more amazing than you already are. So, um, yeah. Thank I, you. I think it only gives you. I will say the biggest thing was like telling people like now I feel I can talk about it. And just recently is when I, you know, shared it on Instagram and told the world that I'm no longer drinking, but I was really grateful to feel so much support by mm. just everyone. I felt like if I tell people that, you know, I started becoming abusing alcohol, people are going to judge me or I'm not going to be all of a sudden able to fit in anymore. And the reaction I got was the complete opposite. It was nothing Good. but love, encouragement, like you got this. So that shocked me of just how much love and support I received when telling people about my journey. Mm -hmm. I think it helps that yeah. we're in our thirties too. Cause maybe if you had said this when you were 19, people would have looked yes. like crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. 100%. Right. Yeah. 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 But Eve has to be like for her. In yourself, so. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. But go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to let her go because I, I know she has to get ready for this date and she only has 40 or she's yeah, 15 fun. minutes let before they go. Thank so. you. Hey, hey, hey. Well, thank you guys so much again and again for having me. I love being on this show. So. Thank you. Anytime. And you'll be back. You'll be back. I'll be back. Yes. We love have you guys. Fun, guys. Yes, have thank fun. Be you. safe. And wear your thank mask, you. guys. Get vaccinated. And, um, Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Um, so we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, and... Uh, We'll be back for more. See you in a few. See you next time. <laughs>